I'm not an audio expert, Jim. I'm not an audio slave. Show no, me the sure. power, child. Don't. Yeah. You didn't like Audio Slave? Yeah, I liked Audio Slave. I, I just didn't like Audio Slave via Ricky. Not so Southern gentlemen, I'm Ricky. And I'm Sean. Sean? I've I've been busy, like, and and and, and I, I think I think I'm getting our already getting thanksgiving fat man like like wednesday we ate food thursday we ate food friday we ate food and i'm talking large amounts large amounts of food and friday evening we go out to take some uh family photos we were in batesville and we went out to the park to do uh the lights with jacks and afterwards we're coming back and i'm looking through some photos we took and i was like oh my god i'm fat i need to lose weight help but but i'm waiting until after I'll, i'm gonna make a new year's resolution that i'll break later mm-hmm. we both need some pt i want i actually have a story this week did i ever tell you about the time i ever tell you about the time i was a card market pusher in the ebay market no um i was going to say um i got in something this week i'm going to talk about later in uh, uh what we got this week but it reminded okay. me of i i collect and of course i've mentioned that i have a a uh, Twitter account dedicated to the old Transformers cards it came out in 1986. These were packs of cards with eight, eight cards in them with stickers. Well, uh, for years uh, before the internet, I had I only had a limited number of these cards that I got when I was young. I probably had got like five or six packs from a grocery store or a gas station. My mom got for me. They were on sale for like 50 cents a piece had these for years for years and went to of course i i've i've been to bot cons first bot con was in 99 you've been to a bot con with me um and i scoured dealers and and talked to people and these people had no idea what i was talking about with these cards and then finally as you're saying that even at cons that you've been to you've looked for these cards and they're non-existent at a con oh yeah yeah i mean don't get me wrong i would i would find some like there'd be a guy that had a binder of them like oh i i don't people never i don't even know what these things are they're just cards you can you can buy you can have whatever i got you know throw me a price and um you know i slowly over time probably about five after about going to botcon for about five years i finally completed a 198 card set of these cards. Now, um, then I started discovering there were uh, variations and variants that are unpublished, and this is all, you know, uh, uh, behind the scenes, you know, baseball kind of stuff. And so I started looking at eBay because, you know, uh, at, at 2005 or 2006, you know, I, I hadn't had a smartphone till. You know, after you had one, I didn't do a lot of internet stuff until later and started looking at eBay and I started purchasing these things and I started getting more and more variants and more and more, you know, successful at buying this stuff. And these these packs are about were about at the time, 11, 12 bucks on uh, a pack on eBay. Jeez, twelve dollars a pack. That's correct. Well, 
my buddy Brad, who you've met, uh, right. is a huge Transformers collector. I mean, this guy mm-hmm. uh, had an entire collection of G1 figures. I mean, uh, complete, which he he recently has had sold off for a very, very good price. Um, and I talked to him about these cards, and I showed him what was going on. And, and I started asking him, like, can you look around for these two? Because I'm just not getting everything I'd like to get. So... He started getting into the cards as well, and, and as at a point today, I was talking to him. He, he kind of curses my name for for getting him into this, but uh, there was a time, like I said, the cards were twelve dollars a pack on eBay. After mm-hmm. about two years or a year and a half of me and him looking through eBay and talking to people, the price went from twelve dollars a pack to nineteen dollars a pack. Oh wow. On on all of eBay, for for no apparent reason that you can see. Well, <laughs> the apparent reason is people were starting to ask it about this stuff, and people were buying them up. So, like me and Brad. <laughs> so so my question is: by having a major mover in the Transformers market like Brad put out feelers, do you think you yourself screwed yourself over by having? Somebody else asked questions about stuff that might, inc- like, the curiosity of other dealers and collectors jacked well, up the price. Well, luckily, I mean, I didn't think about it at the time, but luckily, I had already had most of my collection and already had most of the variants I, I still have. Uh, but me, when okay. me and Bar- me and Brad put our heads together and started figuring this stuff out, uh, yeah, it, it started moving it up. Now, luckily, whenever we come across a variant that we haven't found yet, we just, you know, share it between us. And uh, I'm I'm thinking about putting out a master list at some point. There's a couple of places online I've I've put out some things, um, but mostly mostly on my Transformers card at Transformers card on Twitter. You can view any of that. Uh, but I did just I did just want to say that it's kind of weird to think that we pushed an entire market on one item, which is just kind of freaky. <laughs> but now, yeah, so that, that's ridiculous. That, that's craziness. Yeah, but now the prices uh, uh, recently in in the past year have started creeping back down. They're now down to I've actually seen thirteen and fourteen dollars a pack uh, in the past two or three months, which uh, before I'd never seen anything since they went up below nineteen dollars. So nice. Well, that's a good thing. Always uh, good for you. Yeah, and there's you know there's uh, they each come with a card like the there's a uh, certain sticker. That comes with each one of them. That's I've seen it go on eBay for a hundred dollars. Uh, so it's 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 a crapshoot. So, <laughs> but it's fun. Nice. I I love the hunt. Um, nice, Sean. I was going to move on to a couple of things. Now, of course, you've already seen the Punisher. Mm-hmm. I finished the Punisher since the last podcast. Let okay. me any, let, any, yeah add some stuff. What do you got for us? Well, let me say, I, I agree with you that it, it is one of the best things. I'm not going to say it's my favorite thing, but it is one of the best things Marvel has put out. Um, from from start to finish, one of the best stories I've seen. Uh, you know, before, before Punisher was a thing on Netflix, before John Barenthal, I've stated before, I've never been able to wrap my head around the Punisher. It was just a character with a gun and, and, and 
you know, uh, just shooting people. He, that's all he does. He walks around and shoots mob people. That's that's all I could I could get from the Punisher. Mm-hmm. John Barenthal's Punisher is now one of my favorite Marvel characters. No, oh, nice. And uh, yeah, I, I get a couple things last podcast that we talked about that that made sense once I'd seen the whole thing. Um, I I do have one complaint though. I'm not going to spoil anything. But uh, mm-hmm. the the pretty little bow they wrapped up on the end had kind of bothered me the way they did it. I was like, no, wait a minute, that that doesn't ma- that come on, guys, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> I kind of uh, laughed, but I mean, I was still enjoying it. There was a smile on my face, but uh, I, I just thought that was very funny. I'm like, nah, it's a comic book show. Okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. I liked it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't mind the ending so much. The end didn't it didn't finish as strong as I would liked, but the rest of the story made up for it completely. I I, I really still enjoy it. It's one of my best things, even with that uh, tiny thing on the end. Now, also uh, something you have not watched. I watched the first three episodes of The Runaways on Hulu. Okay. Do I need to get Hulu again? Well, uh, let me tell you. I don't know. I don't know if I w- didn't already have it that I would recommend it just for this. Now, uh, okay. I watch a lot of stuff on Hulu, like The Orville's on Hulu, The Gifted is on Hulu, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, Saturday Night Live and a bunch of stuff. It, Hulu's were already worth it to me. Uh, with this mar- When they announced this Marvel show was coming to Hulu, I was happy with that. Um, so the first three episodes, the fourth one is already out, actually, and I, have, I haven't finished watching it. The first three episodes... Pretty good, pretty strong. Um, now, if you do not know or haven't read The Runaways, uh, the premise is it's a story of some young teenagers who discover something about their parents, and all of these teenagers have powers of some sort. Um, okay. That's just the premise. I'm not going to go any further than that. Um, the way they tell this story, the characters in the story, pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, I've already heard an interview with um, uh, the main mom and dad, and I cannot remember their names, and I can't remember the guy's <laughs> name. I know his name is Ryan, uh, but it's the uh, the first kid you meet. It's their house. Uh, the guy is a is a sweetheart guy. On the show, he's he's like an ex uh, gangster made good. Uh, like there's okay. there's a, a there's a scene where a bunch of uh, 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 gangsters show up to this work site and tell everybody to go home and tell you know tell so and so to give me a call and they do and of course it's it's the main dad and the mom is like do we need to call the police he's like no I'm going down I'm going to go down and handle it and he goes down and you know there's all these guys with guns you know acting you know big and bad and he walks up and he has this case and you know he's going to pay him off and uh, the the guys like okay you know you you're not as tough as you think you are, or you were. You know, we grew up together, yeah. and, and you left and became this guy. He opens a case, and it's and it's, a, it's an iPad with a picture of a house. He's like, "That's your grandma's house, isn't it?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "You don't get the hell off my property, and and here, and you mess with me again. That's the last time you're going to see that house, your grandma, and anybody <laughs> related to you. Do you understand me?" I was like, "Oh." oh. 
It was, oh. and that's that's about as much as I want to spoil from the show. But it was pretty good, and and the guy doing that, he was on uh, Fat Man on Batman last week, and I uh, listened to him. He, his name is Ryan. He grew up dr- loving Spider Man, drawing. Uh, like there's a picture of him in a Hulk shirt drawing, uh, you know, just uh, trying to draw comics. And then he just right. recently met Stan Lee, and now he's in a Marvel show. He's fulfilling a life dream he's had. And that guy, I, I like the guy on the show already, but now I really like it after hearing him talk. Uh, he, and That's he awesome. wasn't just promoting the show. He really has a love for this. Uh, the sh- All the characters on the show are really good. There's some interesting things going on with the adults submitting things going on with why those people are considered bad people. Uh, they're not actually, they don't actually seem bad, but then behind the scenes, there's stuff going on. You will go, Oh, Oh, this is what we're doing. Okay. And the kids kind nice. of figure this out and they're trying to figure out what to do so far. And there's a dinosaur running around. You'll just have to watch to figure that one out. I That's really awesome. like the show. I want to see where it's going. I'm, I'm probably going to finish the fourth episode tonight. That's awesome. I like it. I, I may have to get Hulu as soon as I uh, ditch Sling TV here in a few weeks. Yeah, and it's still going to be on there. I mean, it's it's an original. And then also on Hulu, I've been watching The Gifted. Let me talk to you about Gifted. Did Fox do it again? This last episode. Now, that, of course, this is this is on the heels, like you just mentioned, of of coming off Legion. Legion is a show unto itself. There's right. there's no expectation I have of anything touching what Legion was, right? Uh, but Gifted is has started okay and is constantly moving uphill for me. Uh, this last really? this last episode brought in. Now I knew from the beginning that the name of the guy the name of the guy is Strucker, like that's his last name. Uh, William, okay. not William Strucker, but. Uh, not Stryker. No, Stryker. not Stryker. Not William Stryker. That's somebody completely different, as we all yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but his name is Strucker. He has two children, a, a son and a daughter, which from from the get-go, I was like, now, are they are they relating to a Marvel character here? Because that this kind of looks more, doesn't look like a coincidence. But anyway, I hadn't thought about it for a while. And then this episode introduced exactly what I was thinking about. They are related to and uh, Andrea and Andreas von Strucker, uh, Baron von Strucker's children. Now, of course, Baron Strucker was in the Avengers movie, uh, Avengers 2, and they're not relating that. But okay. they, but the mutant children of him have showed up in this show, and they are of relation to the dad, and some stuff goes on, and you learn some things. Now, if you don't know who those characters are, it I'm not going to tell you here. Watch the show. It's really interesting. If you do know who those characters are, and you know the boy and the girl, uh, I'm just going to say they hold hands at the end of the show, and that means something. So, I really, really like the show, and I really are, I'm waiting to see the next episode. Which I think is is two weeks away instead of just one. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really liking Gifted. That's awesome, man. Well, once again, let's let's continue this theme of st- stuff you've seen that I haven't, <laughs> because you got to see the Infinity War clips that leaked, and I was late to the game, and they've already been pulled. Can, can you give us a uh, glimpse or an idea of what you saw? 
Well, I, I only seen two. There's a, there's a description of five leaks that uh, that leaked five clips that leaked, and I'm not going to go into those here. If if you want to find out, you can go out and look for those. I don't want to do a spoiler thing on just clips, uh, but I did right. see the two clips that I found. There, uh, let's call them the Guardians clip and the and the Captain America clip. Um, they were they were okay. The Guardians clip was really funny. Uh, you know, and gave a little of what was going on with, uh, you know, a big powerhouse character and possibly one we haven't seen for a little bit in a couple movies. And then the other clip um, was actually, oh, I, I was reading from the screen. That's uh, Steve Rogers was one of the clips that uh, came out, but I did not see that one. I did see uh, a Hulk punch clip. Which was kind of interesting. Okay. Didn't, didn't know what was going on, but let's say the clip involved uh, uh, the Hulk, um, the Black Widow, and Groot. Nice. That that's a man. See, that's the stuff I'm so excited for. Is is not the fact that you know we we are not just the fact that we got all these great movies and all these great characters, but we're about to get to see them all interact in different ways. And it's going to be so entertaining. I cannot and, wait. You know what we forgot to talk about? So, in mm. Thor Ragnarok, I'm not going to say what happens, but there is something okay. that happens to Thor that they, uh, after seeing the trailers for Thor, you realize, oh, they changed that for the movie. <laughs> and so... The Avengers Infinity War trailer that they showed, that, right. that we've seen clips online, also do not have this change for something that happened. So I I I'm oh. speculate that that's why they did not release the Avengers trailer, because, number one, it would have spoiled something from Thor Ragnarok, and number two, they need mm -hmm. time to go back in and fix this, or I'm sure they already have the corrected yeah. one ready, but give people time to watch Thor Ragnarok and then release the corrected uh, Avengers Infinity War trailer. I guarantee, so, I guarantee you, you will see on Star Wars the corrected Avengers Infinity War trailer. You you think that's when we're getting it? I mean, absolutely. You think? I, I would Wars, I would put money. I will bet you, Sean, personally, five dollars. It's on. Star Wars. I will hand you $5 happily if it is not on Star Wars. Okay. Um, you need to see the movie with me then so that I'll just let you buy my popcorn. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I, okay. I can do that. Where do you okay. want to go from here? Oh, what what is this with Street Fighter? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm glad you asked because this kind of boggled my mind. So, uh, let's talk about Street Fighter. How did how did you like Street Fighter uh, whenever you were playing video games? Was it one? Was it your fighting game, or were you more of a Tekken guy, or were you, you, you a, know I was a Killer Instinct? Guy. Or here's the thing: uh, if we're talking arcade, give me Tekken all day long. Honestly, give me Tekken all day long. Anyway, uh. But Street Fighter's up there. Like I, I found myself, you know, I could probably win more matches on Street Fighter than I even could Mortal Kombat. So I'm gonna go Tekken, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. Really, I Kombat. never was good at Street Fighter. 
I never found that character that that fit me. Like I, whenever I play Street Fighter, I play Akuma. I mean, that's just the closest one. Yeah. I like Akuma. Uh, I have his gi, his his uh, um, kanji symbol uh, as a tattoo. Um, yeah, yeah. That that was my guy. I I really liked him. Uh, but I, I've never. I'm not one of those people. I'm. I am no Jason. Yeah, at Street yeah. Fighter. Now we we had a friend who just could just slaughter anybody in Street Fighter. And, I, I honestly believe that. Yeah. Yes. But so so what? Why aren't we talking Street Fighter though? Well, when when we talk Street Fighter, this article we have to talk Transformers. Now Transformers has had a history of of doing some unusual things, especially in Japan. Uh, there's been uh, 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 Transformers, uh, actual working, like, MP3 players and, like, Optimus Prime with an MP3 uh, trailer that had speakers that you plug your phone into and, you know, you have a little Optimus Prime, that like, right. G1, the Transformers with this trailer that plays music. Uh, music labels, what that was called. And, and they've done other things like that. And even in America, we've had... Uh, Star Wars Transformers, which were in the stores like four, uh, four to seven years ago. Really? Uh, yeah, absolutely. There yeah, were Star Wars. Absolutely, there were. There, you look look at them online. There were there was a huge Death Star like that was uh, Darth Vader, and then there was a Millennium Falcon that was both Han Solo and Chewbacca to combined together. Yeah, it was very unusual. Very you know, and they've done Marvel. Um, what were those things called? Anyway, Marvel's had some that were Transformers. Uh, Megamorphs was a comic that had that a Marvel comic that had that kind of thing going on. But we're talking Street Fighter. So the other day, right. this week, uh, Japanese Hobby Magazine came out, and it has current Transformers figures with Street Fighter decos. Now this is this is very interesting because there's like an RC. What? There's an RC okay. painted up like Chung Lee, um, and I could send you these pics. Uh, a oh. hot rod painted as as Ken. Now these are these are also um, headmasters, that, that, dude. I need that. I want that. I want that so bad. Now these figures are also the Titan Master headmaster. So that the little headmaster is painted like like the human, like the fighter. So there's a little Chung Lee and there's a little Ken Masters and then they transform into the head for these figures and the the characters are in Street Fighter colors like oh uh, like a red gi and and uh, uh, RC has the Chung Lee colors uh, suit. Okay, and, dude, you're just gonna have to tell me. Lay it on me. How much am I gonna have to shell out for a hot rod? Oh well, these are these are Japanese exclusive. Uh, you would have to probably pay in the realm of uh, other stuff like this is going to be uh, if you wanted that hot rod yeah. specifically, you're probably looking at fifty shipped. Now, I I I I can't read uh, how, exactly how these are coming out or the details of these, but they're in they're mm -hmm. coming out in 2018. Uh, they probably cost you know. Uh, uh, 3,400 yen, which is going to be like 30 bucks. 
and then plus you're going to pay $20 to ship it from Japan. So yeah, you're looking at probably $50 for a, a uh, deluxe figure. They also have a <coughs> they have a Ryu that's the Optimus Prime uh, laser Optimus oh my, Prime mold. Are you serious? Yes, Ryu he's, is Optimus Prime. He's a triple changer. He turns into a a, a, tranker, a tanker truck, an airplane, and a robot. And there's also uh, Bi- Bison, who transforms into a tank, a uh, jet fighter, and a robot. Which, of course, those are the Optimus and Megatron molds. Ugh. I dude, I really want it. I want it. Like it might be worth a hundred bucks to save it back and get the Ken and Ryu. Well, I, I am putting would be a link. So happy. I really there, would. there's the link to the article I'm looking at. So you go and look at that. And I want to hear your. I want your reaction to that. Oh, dude, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I want one. I really do. Well, you look at them first, and then tell me that. Okay. Okay. Cutting. All right. Now stuff. click it. Now click it. Click it. Do it. I'm gonna click that. I'm gonna click that link. You click it so hard. All right, dude. Okay, I get it. They look a little... man. Yeah, I, <laughs> I I want that. I want that Ryu and that Hot Rod, man. Ryu and Ken. I need them. Those I'm not. Awesome. I'm not gonna lie. That M Bison is not bad. <laughs> no. Like I've seen other. Fun. I've seen other promo pics where they have them in their special move. Like M Bison's doing his charge attack, and it looks really, really cool. It looks awesome. I'll take two, sir. <laughs> now I got to start saving money. Yeah, but that's that's not something I would normally spring for. Don't get me wrong; I've sprung for for uh, Japanese exclusive items. I got one right here, God Bomber. Um, yeah, but uh, it's not up my alley. But I but it's really kind of cool, so I I can see it. Uh, you know what else was kind of cool? Uh, Joe Manganiello, uh, was it on Twitter or Instagram that he gave us a little sneak peek at some uh, Deathstroke Unmasked? Uh, it was on Twitter. On Twitter. Dude, and I seen it. Oh, it's good. It looks good. I, I see, man, I like Deathstroke. And I think Joe Manganiello fits that role. You know, he doesn't have to say a word for me. I, I think. Yeah, this this unmasked uh, I, I, picture uh, looks great. I mean, looks looks like any version of Deathstroke I've ever seen. Uh, even the uh, most recent, uh, 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 what was the movie? Shoot, what was the animated movie that they just retold? Uh, the Teen Titans, Judas, the Judas Contract. Judas Contract. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, Judas Contract. Yeah. 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 Uh, he looks yeah, good. I liked it. Oh yeah, I liked it. Good job, Joe Manganiello. Uh, uh, who's this guy who's trying to look like Deadpool? Uh, I mean, come on. Let's. Yeah. Um, that, that that's who's trying to look like who? Yeah. Well, Sean, we we talked about Justice League last week, and we're going to talk about it again this week. Um, Justice League is has made some money. It's four hundred. And 81 million worldwide so far. Um, it's only done 171 domestically, which in its second week is not strong. Well, not strong numbers for Justice League, though I hear plenty of people really like this movie. That's fine. Let the numbers play out. Word of mouth may, may grow. 
the domestic and, and it may be completely successful. That That's fine. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to go see it and judge it myself. We, we heard your review. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be down on this movie till I see it myself. And if a, and if enough people are saying they love it, that is that is perfectly fine. No problem with that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but now a movie I've heard rave reviews about, Thor Ragnarok, is is about to cross eight hundred million dollars. It's at seven hundred ninety million. Jeez. That is amazing. <laughs> Especially considering, like, I believe even if you take. What is it? Average out every single Marvel movie, and they all cross six hundred and fifty million. I think. Mm-hmm. It sounds. I mean, right. that's am- that's amazing. That's for incredible. The, think about this: for the third movie in a series that most people, not me, but most people say is one of the worst series in Marvel, doing eight hundred million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I like it. Yeah, I mean, really, that that's amazing. Yeah, when you put it that way, you're like, hey, guess what? We're going to make three Thor movies, and the third one is going to be so popular that it, it makes $800 million. People would have laughed in your face ten years ago. Think how much it would have made if they had Beta Ray Bill! <laughs> it would have already crossed $1.2 Billion. Billion dollars. Billion dollars. Yeah. Um, dude, something I wa- I found this week that other people may already know about, but you know I may be a little slow to the game, and I don't know if you use it. Um, I have tons of movies. Like, like you know, anytime we buy a DVD or a Blu-ray or whatever nowadays, more than likely nine times out of ten, you get a digital version of that. Now, nine times out of ten for me, I watch the disc and then I put the case away. And I, I really don't even mess with the digital version. And then I started thinking, well, I would if I didn't have to keep up with Voodoo and Ultraviolet and Sony and iTunes and all those and the, all the different places where I can buy those. So I just typed in uh, like movie players or something. Anyway, I found this app called Movies Anywhere. And what it does is it takes, I believe it used to be called Disney Movies Anywhere, and then it got uh, changed the app to just Movies Anywhere. And what you can do is it's one central hub where you can link your Google Play movies, your Voodoo movies, your Ultraviolet movies, and uh, iTunes all into one, and then it gives you you know one solid library to look at what you hold digitally. Dude, I spent like a good hour yesterday just sitting out at my DVD rack, pulling movies from the rack, adding in codes, and now I end up like I think I got like thirty-five movies or something like that. Yeah, that's a. Whenever I did that, you know, well, I'm just gonna go ahead. And, I ended up with like fifty movies. I'm now like at ninety-eight. My my biggest problem is uh, none none of the Captain Americas and none of the Avengers codes work. Like, I think I waited too long. I think yeah. I sat on them too long because in the fine print, it says code may not work after so-and-so date. Yeah, there, and, and it will not work after a so-and-so date. I guarantee it. Well, I found uh, Jurassic Park had one, and it worked just fine. Like, it had one of the old codes, you know, and I believe it was, like, super old. 
and it worked fine. There were several that were still outdated that worked great, but none of those Marvel movies, like none of my Captain Americas and uh, the first two Captain Americas and first two Avengers, neither of those worked. So, but still, uh, if you are a person that has the, uh, you know, a lot of digital stuff, throw them on movies anywhere. The redeem uh, button that they have is really nice because once you link all your accounts, you can redeem everything from that one app and it reaches out and connects to all the other stuff. So like, it was nice yesterday. I linked all the accounts to this one app and then deleted three apps (laughs) from my phone. So cleared up space and I get one central hub for all my digital movies. Nice. Just a cool app I found. I wanted to talk about for a second. Uh, the only cool app I have is like Duolingo. So (laughs) why win? Fine. Huh? Dude, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'm excited. My local hall. Oh, I found one. gosh. I found one. I, I finally joined the ranks of you and Chris Vint and everybody else that has had an SNES classic for so long. And who would have thought? I found it the morning after Black Friday. <laughs> Literally, Saturday morning. Uh, Jax and I just took off to go to Target and look around, and there they were. I mean, there was still piles of toys. Like, they hadn't cleaned up from Black Friday. There was still movies out in racks. There were weird things, you know, movie racks in the middle of the clothes section and all this stuff. But I ended up picking up, uh, I got an SNES Classic, you know, regular price. No special deal there. But I also picked up Spider-Man Homecoming on Blu-ray, and uh, $9. Nice! $9 for it. Yeah. But I am super happy with that SNES classic. And let me just say, you know, you know you've succeeded in life when right now, while we're recording the podcast, Jax and Michelle are playing Zelda. It's awesome. I- I'm so happy. Like, we've already made a, a decent chunk uh, save file for Zelda and because Michelle's never played it and I hadn't played it in years upon years so we're gonna beat uh, A Link to the Past and we're having fun man I, I'm really enjoying Super Nintendo nice uh, all I got is Transformer stuff <laughs> Transformer stuff from you yeah. what? what I got uh, Leader Overlord which is amazing it's a Japanese exclusive character that uh, America's never had. So, so you just said five minutes ago. Oh, I don't buy that many Japanese exclusives. No, 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 no. Local... But it's it's released in America. Like this oh, okay. one is the first time this character's been released over here. Uh, well, oh, okay. well, not not as like a club exclusive or anything like that. Um, but the character, the old character, had uh, what came out in the time of Power Masters and stuff like that, and had two Power Masters it came with in Japan. Now, this one is coming out in the time of Headmasters and and stuff like that, but it has two secret compartments for the next series that hasn't come out yet called Power of the Primes, which is going to have the two characters that will fit in its chest, which I thought was really neat. Um, I did find, finally, the uh, Walgreens exclusive two-pack that came out, uh, the Wingspan and Cloudraker two-pack, and it's like a just a small Transformer character uh, that that a bunch of people are looking for. Uh, Hudson's been playing with those things nonstop. He loves them. 
and then um, Ultra Ultra Pro, you know, the card company that has card supplies and stuff like that, came out with uh, Transformers card supplies. So I got a, a Transformers card binder. Nice. Very cool. Which I keep my extras of the G1 series in so I can sort through those and find a bunch of variants that I did not realize I had, which was great. That's so awesome. Me and Brad hashed out, nearly pulled our hair out, trying to figure out what was new and what. Who has what? what? So, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, all right, dude. Um, last week you had uh, we had uh, I have you seen it on the show notes, and we hadn't discussed it because I hadn't seen it, and you wanted to you wanted to bring it up, and I went and actually watched it so that we could discuss this. Uh particular episode what would you want to talk about well first of all i want to i want to see how did you feel about the episode city on the edge of forever city on the edge of forever uh original star trek series season one episode 29 dude this was a great episode like (coughs) now you hadn't seen this before excuse me that you remember no not that i can remember i had not seen this before um and so I went into it, you know, oh, Star Trek. And let me tell you, just watching that one episode, I forgot how good the original Star Trek series was. Even in the first season, you can tell that there are things that, you know, change along the way. Um, different people wearing different uniforms and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, that that changes and that changes. But... What a good episode. What a good message it sends out, you know. The Although Michelle and I did, and I have to bring it up to you, uh, she wanted me to bring up the fact, how does Kirk fall in love in like three days with just some random girl? <laughs> well, I mean, it was Elizabeth Taylor. Cause Kirk, I mean, Because he's Kirk. Well, but, I realize this, I realize this. Um, but uh, let's talk about the particulars. I, the reason I wanted okay. to talk about City on the Edge of Forever is because this is what defines classic sci-fi. I mean, it is, even though, you know, you go back and look at Star Trek, and there's a lot of things to laugh at, and there's a lot of things to go, ugh. But, I mean, this is, this was on the frontier's bleeding edge at the time of, yeah. of sci-fi. You know, you had a bunch of stuff going on, and I wanted to bring up this episode, which is nefarious in uh, sci-fi history, because it was written by Harlan Ellison, you know, a very controversial guy. He is very outspoken about his politics, about writing, about uh, a bunch of other things, and this episode was written by him. Uh, it was it, some of the stuff was taken out of context and, and and turned around. He didn't like the episode. He thought it was horrible. He thought it was that they they changed too much stuff. And you can actually go and um, the IDW made a comic of the original uh, script of that show, like off of Harlan Ellison's. Really? Yes, yes. And and it is a little awesome. different. Uh, but I I've, okay. I've never got a hold of it. But. Uh, well, what did you want to wait, say about as it, you bring it up? As you bring it up, and you're talking about you know it being on the cutting edge of you know uh, the good thing about Star Trek and what I'm about to talk about is the fact that it reminded me of a Doctor Who episode. It reminded me of something that you know Doctor Who would have experienced, where you're you're relating uh, 
known issues in society to uh, you know something sci- sci-fi so so you're not really addressing it but you're addressing it mm-hmm. it, it felt very doctor who-ish to me mm-hmm. yeah, and, and, and i really liked it man and from the early times when i remember watching doctor who it that watching as a young child watching something from another country with different senses and sensibilities is just one of those things that you get that feeling in your gut like i'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel. I'm not sure what's going on here, and you get yeah. you're trying to figure stuff, and it gets your brain working. Um, you, you know, like you Doctor. Wonder if, you wonder if that's just us. I, I'd love to know, uh, Chris Vent. You ought to hit us back. I want to see how Chris feels when he watches an episode like this Star Trek episode. If he feels the same way you do when you watch Doctor Who, right? And the, the finish up on your Doctor Who point. You know. Uh, one of the things that stuck out to me in Doctor Who was people died all the time. Like, yeah. part of the story was like four or five people were dying from this space creature or this disease or something. The doctor's got to figure out this giant, this giant uh, mile-wide plant thing that nobody knows is there is, is eating people. And you're like, I don't want to get eaten. What's going on? Because <laughs> as a kid, you know, oh, yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, this is like nothing I've ever seen. Like whenever, same thing. Whenever you watched Robotech as a kid, you had Transformers over here where nobody, everybody is shooting like stormtroopers, and then Robotech they're blowing up planes with people in them, and there's no parachutes coming out. You're like, ah, yeah, those people are dead. Yeah, but um, back to our point, City on the Edge of Forever. What I wanted to talk about was how well this story, even even though Harlan Ellison wrote it and hates it. How well this story plays as morality. I mean, so if you've never seen the episode, and you should, you honestly should see this episode. It is, like I said, classic hardcore sci-fi. This is where a lot of things... This story will seem so familiar because so many things have have come from this. Like Black Mm -hmm. Mirror... I guarantee you there's Black Mirror episodes and Twilight Zone episodes that have, have ripped this off. And uh, so they go to this planet. There's a uh, something called the Guardian on the Edge of Forever. It's this portal, and it shows, and also it, it, it's a portal that shows history and time, but it is also a portal back to history and time. Mm-hmm. And... and hijinks have ensued and Dr. McCoy accidentally goes through the portal and uh, Spock and and Kirk have to go back and try to save him. And they do, but whenever they go back, they find out history has changed. Like the world, the ship is no longer there. Uh, The like they shouldn't exist. The only reason they're there is because they were in the proximity of the portal, which protected them from the changes in time. And they have to not only save Dr. McCoy, but now they have to fix history Whatever or, or they, there's yeah. nothing to return to. Their, their, their entire civilization is non-existent. Everything they ever know is gone. So they have to fix history. And slowly, as the episode progresses, uh, you meet another character, Edith Keeler, who Kirk slowly falls in love with. And you meet Dr. McCoy and he's he's still feeling the effects of what happened to him but he's coming around and and they finally meet up and they figure out what's going on but in the meantime Spock has figured out got a tricorder working he recorded some of the history stuff from the 
uh, uh, the Guardian and, and figures out that there are conflicting memories in, in the tricorder of Edith Keeler uh, uh, dying and Edith Keeler uh, talking to the president, which leads to a peace talk, which leads to the, the Nazis winning World War II because the America stayed out of the war. And then you, you figure out that this, this girl that Kirk loves, they have to let her die. Not kill her, but in history she originally died and she has to die to save everything and, and the world. Right. And watching that as a kid, I mean, even now, watching that as an adult, that's, that's a powerful question to get turning in your head. You know, what, what do you do? You know, what if... If uh, your wife or your child, you know, and that kind of thing, this could, that, that, that's when you start asking those questions. This could be somebody I know, you know, what mm-hmm. would, what would I do? You know, would I give up everything or would I, would I do what's right? Or what, who even gets to ask that question? What's right here? And, you know, that's why I love this episode. Now, now not everything from Star Trek. I, I can't, I can't abide saying that everything from Star Trek is gold and untouchable. There are several <laughs> right. Spock's brain. Yeah. Watch Spock's brain if you if you want to throw that at me. But uh there are certain things out of out of original Star Trek that just stand tall in in the stuff we love. That's and awesome. this is one of those things and I, I would recommend it to anybody. And yeah, man. Uh, Sean what those uh, those questions ask how do you how do you feel about it and where do you land I mean, on this? I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks for uh, thanks for pointing it out to me. I, you know, I probably would have never went back and watched it. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I really enjoyed this episode because it makes you think. But but I think Star Trek's supposed to do that. Star Trek is supposed to tell you a fun story, but good sci-fi, you know, uh, usually makes you think. And that's the. You know, that's what made Star Trek so extremely special and popular is the fact that there are episodes like this in season one. This isn't a risky episode, you know, in season five. This isn't a risky episode in season three. They went, you know, season one right here. Here's your uh, a straightforward morality question uh, told in a sci-fi setting. And... It's stuff like this that makes Star Trek awesome, man. I loved it. You know, what I was thinking about, what's funny is I was telling my son the other day, we were watching, uh, somehow I Love Lucy was on, and uh, my son was like, why are you watching this? And I'm like, well, you know, it's it's funny. It was something I when I was a kid. It was, um, you know, uh, Ricky Ricardo was actually Cuban, and he was the he's one of the main stars of the show. Now, of course, Lucille Ball was what people watched, but I mean, he was a, he was the lead on the show in this time in history where, you know, maybe that you don't you can't figure out how that kind of happened, like Archie Bunker, like what's going on here. But uh, also, uh, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz are powerhouses behind Star Trek. Did you know that? I did not. Because Desilu Productions was their production company. They're the ones that produced the original Star Trek series. Huh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought I thought that was did really neat, too. I, I've, I've known that for a very long time because I actually did. I really did like uh, 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 I Love Lucy. I can't tell you why, why but I mean, and, I just did. 
But uh, yeah, I've I've known and a lot of stuff. Knowing is half the battle. Yeah, and la- blue lasers and red lasers is the other half. But um, moving on, Sean, this well, one this one's yours. I yes, had, I had a question. I had a question. I, I didn't have a don't see it. So I started thinking of stuff. You know, what is something that is wildly popular that you know made a, a phenomenon, made a craze throughout you know our time. And you still, to this day, have said, nope, I, I hadn't seen it. You know, not not that you don't want to see it, but you haven't. Mine is, I don't want to see it. Like, I have never, ever seen anything Twilight. Ever. And, well, and I don't plan on it either. I, I was thinking about your question. Now, my, mine's a little tougher. Like, if something gets really popular, super popular, I, I dip my toes in the water. I want to see what's going on and what people are talking about. And... I watched the first movie of Twilight. <laughs> I watched uh, the first um, Fifty Shades of whatever color this book is named after, um, and, and laughed and laughed at very very hardly. But, but um, see, but see, you wasted three hours, and I probably watched three hours worth of YouTube videos, and I enjoyed mine more. <laughs> <laughs> weird. Well, that's weird. Uh, um. But the only thing I could come up with easily would be I've never seen any of the Conjuring movies, which are are really popular in the horror community. Yeah, you need to see those. I I have seen all of them except for Annabelle Creation. I've not seen that one, which I've actually heard is better than the original Annabelle. So I need to see that. But, dude, yeah, if you haven't seen that, that's something I would honestly recommend rather than avoid. All right, Sean. Well, that wraps us up for this week. Um, I ain't got nothing. What do you got? I got nothing but to say uh, thank you to all the listeners. Uh, like I said last week, we've seen an increase in traffic. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, leave an iTunes review. Leave a review wherever you want. Remember, we're on Google Play. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. When the episodes come out, if you don't mind, give them a re tweet give them a share on facebook it helps us get out there we're 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 on this point right here where we have a good amount of foot traffic going on a daily basis uh if we just have a a few more people give a few more shares and a few more retweets we we might really have something here so uh thank you very much um you can find me at maynard 98 on twitter maynard 98 on instagram you can find both of us on Twitter at Not So Southern G's. You can find me at Ricky Westbrook on Twitter. You can search Not So Southern Gentleman on Facebook. Give that a like. Give it a like. Please! Uh, for Not So Southern Gentleman, I'm Sean. I'm Ricky. Y'all have a good one. <laughs>